0: Welcome to episode one of No Gods, No Master Volumes, a podcast by two pedal nerds talking about pedals with other pedal nerds. I'm Simon, I'm a record producer, musician, and I make pedal demos under Tunnel of Reverb.
1: And I'm Guion, I run Holy Island Audio, a one man effects pedal operation from Cardiff in Wales.
0: This episode, we're joined by Alec of Mask Audio Electronics, purveyor of fuzz and collector of all things Debbie ever. He recently released the Neck Brace Phaser, his first dabble into modulation. Alec is a key figure in the pedal community, whether he's pushing Fuzz to its limits, releasing DIY PCBs, or collaborating with other builders and artists.
1: Okay, so let's get into it.
0: All right. Welcome to the first episode of No Gods, No Master Volumes. Today we have Alec Breslow from Mask Audio Electronics.
2: Yay. Yay. Woo-hoo. You sound so official. It's, the, the accent <laughs> yeah. helps the officiality, whereas I'm just blabbing all over the place. Good to have. <laughs> th- thanks for joining me. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for coming on, Alec. This is our first episode, so it's a little bit loose, a little bit fast.
2: Oh, so, so the entire thing will be off the rail. Like, just, just for the audience, we've already been talking for 20 minutes, and I had to say, all right, we need to actually start the podcast, or else we're just going to hang for two hours. Yeah, we were just hanging
0: out and I feel like that's how it's gonna go. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you're there to manage us though, Alec. I appreciate that. Well, I, I've been on a couple pods myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Alec. Do you wanna tell us about your company? Tell us where it started.
2: Started in my bedroom because I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, I was always the kid that took stuff apart. And so uh, you know, when I, when I got in the guitar, I almost immediately discovered the there are these foot pedal things that I could take apart, and there's cool stuff on the inside. But so I was always playing with them. Um, and then, what was it? In 2015, I had a really bad year, and just to distract myself from being sad, I I started buying up guitar pedal kits. To start building pedals for myself. And then there was this guy online that I saw that was building his own, designing his own guitar pedals, which had not even occurred to me. I only thought that was like a thing for big, giant companies. I didn't think, you know, a guy in his bedroom could build guitar pedals. And I, I messaged him and he's like, oh yeah, I use this program called Eagle to design circuit boards. And he gave me a whole bunch of tips. And so I started designing circuit boards for myself. And then like in February 2016, um, I realized the I I was spending more time designing circuit boards than I was working my part-time job. <laughs> yeah, I would literally come home from work and just be playing Eagle for like six hours. It was it was awful. Um, so I literally said, uh, "Okay, I am registering a domain name." And on July 7th, because that's a nice day, that's a nice date, you are launching a guitar pedal company, buddy. So I launched a whole bunch of DIY boards, um, and that, that made some money. Um, and then I went back to that guy that told me uh, about how to design some uh, circuit boards. And he, he had garnered a little bit of uh, popularity at that time. Um, I was like, hey, John Snyder. Um, you have this circuit that's kind of like a Devi Ever pedal, um, and I know a lot about Devi Ever pedals. You mind if I I mess around with that? Maybe we could do a collab thing. And he was like, "Oh hell yeah, sure." Eldritch blast. Started yeah, it, that Eldritch long ago. blast actually predates Black Math, which was my the the first official M A E pedal. Yeah, it just took forever to because basically Eldritch blast is always John giving me homework of, yeah. You, I, I know what you want to do with the circuit, but tried to do something a little bit different with the EQ. And it took six different prototypes to get something to work with the fuzz and be EQ'd right. And then we did the first batch. And then we went back to the drawing board between batches, which resulted in V2. And then we just did V3, um, which will probably be its final version. But yeah, uh, Eldritch Blast started before um black math started
0: i wanted to check as well before you started designing those diy kits was that your first delve into anything electronic based
2: like in general i mean i tinkered around with like vcrs when i was younger um but actually like that's where my proper me teaching myself electronics started was with the diy kits um yeah, I, I bought myself, like, a proper textbook um, called The Art of Electronics and just said about, you know, I'd read a chapter until I understood it. It seems to work. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I think I just got lucky. I also just followed my... T- like, black math is totally taste. It's taking the V9 Big Muff, which was designed by Fran Blanche, who later went on to uh make Frantone, Combining it with an op amp boost like does. Um, oh, God, I said his name. Ooh, we have to bleep. I, whichever one of you is editing this, you need the bleep that. I'll bleep him. And uh, I just combined those two, and it made the sound that you hear on the records. And then just throughout the V2 run, it just, I'm like, oh, I could do a little bit more with this. I could do a little bit more with this until it just became a monster.
1: Do you find that that happens with a lot of your circuits that you sort of come back and and reevaluate stuff that you've you've designed
2: in the past. Yes and no. As I continue the move forward, it more just stays in prototype for longer rather than gets revised once it's out. Okay, that makes sense. Um like current revision black math is V three point twelve oh, wow. <laughs> and that's just cause of all sorts of it, it it ends up, Black Math ends up being the guinea pig. So it was the first to be transitioned over to soft touch uh, switching. So instead of being a hard mechanical switch, uh, it is a electronic, bit of electronics that drives a relay. And that was the first to, in my line to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then V3 is when I switched it to a smaller box and simultaneously surface mount. So that was kind of me learning... What to do with surface mount and then at the same time dealing with 2021 era part shortages? Oh so it's like, hey, I'd uh, make this version of it and be like, oh, you can't use this part and this part and have to revise it again. Well,
0: that's mm-hmm. interesting that black math was the guinea pig. My go to MAE pedal was, as always, well, I guess since I got it, always been civil math. When did that join the rank? Because I feel like it wasn't that long ago.
2: No, it wasn't that long ago. It started way earlier. I sat on civil math for probably a year um, just because I didn't, because originally it was going to be an all through whole build. And I wanted to have basically more big muffs built on the black math platform. Hmm. <laughs> maybe we'll get into this a little bit more if we talk about yes, no, and maybe, but running a production line, does not make a lot of sense to have very small variants of similar pedals. It makes more sense to have big differentiations. So I just sat on it for a while, and then I did this special run of Talfont Black Mass that I actually tracked down some like no-name Russian transistors that were made in the original Talfonts and got some no-name Russian diodes as well. And that did very well. I'm like, okay, maybe there's some space for it. And I floated it out there, did a run of them. It did well. And I've just kept making them. But yeah, I forget when that, Simon, you would know when that actually was probably better than I I think think it
0: was about this time. Was it this time last year? Or did I, maybe I had this, how many batches has there been? Because I might have a second. I have one of the.
2: The etched
1: ones?
0: Yeah, the etched ones.
2: Yeah, and there were two runs of those, and then the third run was a real big run of uh, printed yeah, ones. I
0: think I have... It was
2: this time last year I got it, I think, actually. So I, that might be either run number one or run number two. Yeah, I I, I forget which, but that doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, you you have an early one, because I... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's when we officially finally started working yeah, together. It was,
0: maybe my... I think it was my second demo for you. I did a Yes demo before that
2: yeah yeah because i need i needed to uh bring some more awareness to that pedal yeah i mean i've now since then i've got
0: yes and no i haven't got a maybe yet because i figured i've gotten both already but
2: but you don't
0: okay tell us why
2: (laughs) because right they're supposed each one works well on their own But there are two extra switches on maybe that make it so having them both on at the same time, you get more out of it. Like the yes side has this switch that flips a transistor and for some reason makes it sound like an octave down PLL. Uh, Okay. And then you can run that into the no side and the gain knob on no is actually like choosing how much bass is flowing into the circuit. So you can really filter that sound. And then the extra switch on the no side actually debiases the transistor boost. So it becomes really thin, but you can still then, if you crank that bass control, it gives it this really wah-wah honk. With this low bass, it just sounds like square pusher is melting down.
1: Do you find that that's come from sort of the uh, maybe attention that you've spent uh, on Devi stuff because you've uh, you've obviously you've obviously got a uh, a bit of a collection growing for the Devi stuff. Do you find that that sort of informed that sort of design process? Because when I first played, maybe I was like, "Oh, this feels just like those double pedals, uh, uh, the double Devi pedals, like the Rocket or uh, what were the other two?
2: Uh There's the Rocket, there's the Shoegazer, there's the Godzilla. There's the Helios. Uh, let me see what I can squidge from across. Yeah, check your shelf. <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't even need to look it up. Well, you just look up.
2: Uh, yeah, they're all the way on the other side of the room from me. In my, in my gear corner. But yeah, so I guess for the audience, there's a brand called Devi Ever that was very popular. I, I don't even know if you could call it very popular. It was pretty popular in the... Early to mid uh, aughts, and that's when I started playing. And those the Devi Ever pedals were some of my first nice pedals. Uh, and I guess you could put "nice" in quotes because <laughs> uh, they're they're not they're built very cheaply, very quickly. Uh, but they left an impression on me. But my yes and no pedals are actually me reinterpreting some of the sounds of my favorite Devi Ever pedals, but not the electronics. Because the electronics are very straightforward and like smash and grab, mm. <laughs> versus I, I basically went back to the same well of Tim Eskenbeto circuits that Debbie originally went to, and just started re-experimenting with the same, I guess primordial soup. But No is kind of based on my favorite Debbie ever which is the Bit Legend of Fuzz. So it's an extremely over-the-top octave fuzz. While Yes is based kind of on the Sodomite slash 33, which is a very smaller gated fuzz. Um, but obviously they both, if you ever play those pedals, Yes and No do a lot more, have a lot more range than those pedals. Absolutely. I think I, I felt that as well. As
1: soon as I plugged it in, it was... um. I mean, I probably uh, had that same uh, impression of the Debbie stuff. It was growing up and seeing it, uh, maybe seeing the fact that they were sort of held together with tape as well is uh, weirdly motivational, especially if you want to get into building stuff.
2: Yeah, it's like this, this mad person was just cranking them out the most DIY fashion. And yeah, that's incredibly inspiring. And then being like, here i changed four components on this this is now a new fuzz
1: yeah it sort of um felt like it was breaking the rules when you sort of oh for me at least reading schematics like that and being like oh that's it's just the transistors turned around but i mean the the impact that that has on a circuit can be so so drastic Uh, did you say one of the switches in maybe oh it's just misbiasing a transistor was it flipping it
2: uh there's both. So in the yes side it's flipping the transistor. In the no side it's completely debiasing it. It's, it's literally exactly the same thing as the uh Devi Ever uh which name? It's Devi Ever Chaos. Any of the chaos switches, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah,
1: there's uh there's there's quite a bit of chaos in that realm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, especially when you get into the the uh, the joystick ones are even more chaotic. But yeah, I just I I love those pedals, and I originally wanted them to f- occupy the same realm because they originally sold for a hundred, which was exactly my goal. Um, I wanted the similar devi, just have a whole bunch of variations on them. But then yes and no are other than the gain control, there are. Four parts different between them. Because the transistors are different, the diodes are different, and Yes's boost stage has a bit more gain than No's. But other than that, it's all the same parts. So I wanted to just have a whole bunch of different ones, but as you start to build more and realize you need to market this thing, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which is not something you, you... you used to have to do in like 2008, but in the year of our Lord 2023, you got to get above the signal-to-noise ratio of the pedal industry, which you got to make a lot of noise for someone to it's notice. A busy you.
0: Industry right now, especially.
2: Oh yeah, it is. It's a lot. Each release, I feel like I have to get more demos out there, mail more early units out, so people know about it. That way, launch day, it's like. Please, could this be my day? Yeah. <laughs> Am I lucky enough that I didn't schedule this on the same day as someone else's Like, So I'm looking down the barrel of my new phaser comes out the same day as Alexander Peddle's new uh, digital phaser thing. I, I'm not sure quite what it is, but one of my demoers was like, yeah, you're going to be sharing a release date. I'm like, ah, "Yeah, I don't know. it's... Yeah. It won't super effect because it's not, if you think about it, the people that buy my stuff aren't exactly the same people as Alexander, but it's literally the signal to noise ratio um, is just much higher because they have big distribution and I'm not going to be able to compete with 17 demos dropping in the same day with my one demo.
0: And this is drop two of neck brace.
2: Yeah, this is Drop 2 of Neck Brace, which is my compact phaser. Uh it's just two two knobs dialed in right. It is dialed in right
0: though. Like I so I I did a demo for Neck Brace and I've had a Neck Brace knocking around and I wouldn't say that I use phaser a lot in my recording work, but since having Neck Brace, it's like it's popping in all the time. <laughs> it's like remarkably flexible and I think a lot of people would agree like For the simple control set, two knobs, one toggle, it it does a lot of work. You know, it's it's dulled him right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that one was born out of my my disappointment with finally getting another phaser that I always, or close to another phaser. I always wanted a uh, Blackout Effectors Wethstone, which is a very early boutique phaser uh, based on the Electroharmonic Smallstone which had this massive 30 second sweep time. And I always loved like old techno records where they would th- just shove the entire mix through a phaser. And it would just feel like you're portaling into another dimension. So I always wanted a Westone and a uh, friend of the pod, Corey Bardos of Fuck Yeah FX pedals sold me his sibling phaser, um, which is kind of a smaller, a little bit more stripped down version of the Westone. And I got it. I plugged it in, and I didn't like it. It was very thin. Like you had to crank the depth all the way up to even get it phasing well. the 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 LFO was my favorite because it did that. Does have a very slow LFO, but it was it was thin and watery, and uh, you kind of had to run it at eighteen volts for it to have some gumption. Because at nine volts, sometimes it would clip. Because I have a guitar with uh, EGC pickups, which can get like five, five volts peak to peak on a hard strum, which cl- will clip nearly any pedal. So I just sat down. I was already working because I've wanted to make a large phaser for years, ever since I played uh, one of the Moog phasers. So I've had a schematic lying around. And I'm like, okay, just to have something... Finally, get because I've been doing this for nearly. It'll be seven years this July. Um I'm like, okay, I've, I've nearly mastered dirt pedals because I've spent basically the last year going from high gain to low gain,
0: which was controversial for you. <laughs> it,
2: it, it was. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll we'll talk about uh, PGGE more towards the end, because um, that's actually coming back out but yeah going from high gain to low game was a hard thing for my brain to understand i've done so many dirt pedals that i wanted to finally get a modulation pedal out there so i mocked up neck brace and weekend sent it off and the first prototype didn't work so it just sat on my desk for six months <laughs> i i came back to it uh, yeah i mean y- you know what that's it like. Hurts. where it's just like you're so excited to get something yep Spend the afternoon putting it fully together. You plug it in and nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's mm, just
1: like, I'm looking at a graveyard as we speak. So yeah, I know that feeling.
2: Yeah, it's it's awful and demotivating. <laughs> uh, the, cur- the current version of the big phaser is currently in that state. So I just shoved it off to the side. I came back to it two months later. I was looking around. I'm like, oh, this connection wasn't made. Ah, oh, I'm stupid. Made that connection. It worked. I'm like, oh. So I need to change this and this, send off another prototype, and it was done. <laughs>
1: uh, that That's also a great feeling. It's, it's the yeah. mix of uh, feeling sort of elated that you figured it out, but then also the rage at not realizing that mistake in the first place. I think that's what I tend to get.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly it. It's just like, oh, if you had spent seven seconds looking at your schematic for longer, you could have caught that and saved yourself time. Always, always check your double and triple check your schematics, kids. Where's the fun in that? Binging on with it's fun, but hmm. uh, it does waste a lot. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that that too. Did you feel like this is that sort of release has sparked um, sort of the pull away from fuzz for a bit for you then, or
2: um, a little bit? I, am, I have now working on a bigger phaser which is roughly triple the scope of what neck brace is. Um, and literally this year, I gave myself the full year runway to make this thing hopefully happen. Um, we'll, we'll see if I can keep that up. But all my products for this year, 2023 were done last year. <laughs> like I knew neck brace. Well, no, no, Actually, uh, Park Garden Germanium happened. I'm like, okay, that will be my early year release. And then I finally figured out what neck brace was going to be. So that bumped Park Garden Germanium back because I'm like, this needs to come out first. I need to finally have a modulation pedal out Mm. there. So that'll that'll be a bit different um, and that'll make, make a bit more of a splash. Pulling away from fuzz, never. But trying to expand the horizons of what mask audio is, definitely.
1: Do, do you feel like the, the Fuzz Labs element is separate to Mask Audio, or is it just sort of a uh, a branch?
2: Um, Yeah, it's definitely kind of a branch. It was... I have a... Yeah, like a graveyard of half-finished Fuzz projects that never really go anywhere. They're fun experiments. Mm-hmm. And... At the, what was it, midway through last year. So from April to August 22, I made 12 sales, which really made me, made me nervous. Understandably, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, especially because I was unemployed at the time. So are you working full time at the minute whilst doing this? Yeah, so fl- flash forward to now, I currently work for a, uh, a big conglomerate, a uh, big German company working in uh, rail safety for commuter rail. Um, so I work in testing big safety equipment, um, which for those of you who are in American, know I work in commuter rail, uh, not a uh, big freight rail. <laughs> Cause we've had a couple issues with freight rail. There's been a recently. few headlines. Yeah. 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 There's been a couple, but luckily, uh, that's that's an entirely separate part of the company that I don't have to talk oh, that's, to. <laughs> that's lucky for you. <laughs> yeah, it, tr- it truly is. But yeah, so I, I work full-time doing that, and then Mask Audio Electronics has gone back to being nights and weekends. Because when I started, I was working part-time and going to school full-time. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's impressive that you can balance the two together, really, yeah. I- uh, that that debatable whether or not I balanced it. Especially, I graduated in 2020, and those last six months were uh, it was debatable what I was doing. But I I have a degree. That's what counts. I mean, it it looks
1: like it from the outside, so I guess that that's worth something.
2: Yeah, I mean, but it was it was uh, it does not make me jealous of what I used to do, um. Sleeping more now is so nice. Oh, I, I bet. The best, yeah.
0: How are you finding the balance now with your, with your job and with everything that Mask is doing right now?
2: Uh, it To be honest, sucks. <laughs> because truly, if I lived in a cheaper place, um, I could make Mask Audio Electronics my full-time job. But I like where I live now, because I, I moved from kind of way in the suburbs of detroit a uh, place called clint township to now i live in the f- in the foothills outside of pittsburgh and pittsburgh is a bit of a nicer city uh plus i don't uh clint township is a little bit of a republican stronghold and that was not fun no that i can imagine that <laughs> it was it was a little bit annoying so living where i live now is a little nicer. Plus, it's surrounded by green on all sides. Oh yeah, the new backdrop for your pedal photos is the balcony. Gorgeous. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful out here, which uh, you know makes makes it worth it. Fuzz Labs kind of came as a survival move of the big stuff. My big production stuff isn't selling, so maybe limited uh, runs of stuff will. And so it's it's worked out. Um, no tape, no mojo which was, I felt that was a very big sellout move, Um, cashing in on some of my my devi Ever cachet, Uh, making super mojo versions, high-end versions of very cheap fuzzes, which I thought was just like an oxymoron. But that did very well. Um, It's it's what the people want. People want mojo stuff. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to... Work with both uh, Pat at Collector Effectors and Mike at Seeker Effects. They have both come to me for circuit board work. And their perspective on pedals in general is so different than from my own. Because I'm used to being production line, making things very streamlined. And they're like the exact opposite. It is boutique. It is one at a time. It is sourcing parts for sometimes a couple weeks, trying to find transistors. And it's so interesting what they go through versus what i what I do on a daily basis, and did that
0: I'm, so I'm guessing that influenced some of the yeah, yeah oh,
2: hundred percent where where I was just like, what they have is so minimal. Mm. They've started moving into it now that they they have circuit board stuff, um where they have recognizable pedals, um, but it's like, hey, I have this pedal, this pedal, and this pedal, and I tune it to you. And it's like in a painted box with a logo on yeah. it, and that is exactly I modeled the look of Fuzz Labs exactly after that. Was it's just a very nice looking logo on a okay looking box?
0: <laughs> well, I remember with no tape that I feel like that sold like so fast.
2: Yes, both did, and I'm currently considering adding it to the production range. I I have a prototype of. <laughs> it's literally just called no tape because it has no mojo, <laughs> but it's, it's in a smaller box. It doesn't have any mojo components It has soft touch switching. So it'd be a full production thing, but I'm not sure if that has the nice air as all those big chunky mojo components, but it takes again, I do this nights and weekends and building a no tape, no mojo takes about 90 to 120 minutes per pedal. Cause it's a lot of hand wiring versus something like neck brace, um, I could go from nothing to a fully finished pedal in a box in about 20 minutes.
0: Wow. I mean, that sounds real fast to me, but I would have no idea.
1: The beauty of surface mount, I guess. Is it surface mount uh, neck brace? I'm assuming. It's
2: mainly surface mount. Um, There are one, two, three, four parts that I have to solder on. I could make those parts surface mount, but uh, I don't want to. Yeah,
1: I, I I do the same thing with certain transistors and diodes and stuff. There, there is, it's definitely um, sort of an aesthetic thing, and it's in my head. But um, I just feel like stuff sounds better sometimes. It's, I...
2: Yeah, when I did the trans- transition uh, specifically for yes and no, uh, it ended up being a lot more through hole that had to be there because their surface mount equivalents didn't quite have the same sound. But this is also, I gave one of those to some friends, and they're like, I cannot tell the difference. So it really depends upon your ear. I think
1: testing particular circuits uh, throughout an evening or whatever um, gives you quite quite the ear to determine if something's wrong. Like, I'll I'll notice stuff every now and then where... I'd normally call my girlfriend in, but she she can't hear anything different between two circuits. But I, it just happens from that hyper focus when you are checking that something's working correctly. I guess.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. When you're just deep in that zone, or like you you find, like such a niche issue with a circuit where it's like, I might be the only person that ever runs into this issue, but because it's me, I need the fix. Oh, I know that feel. And it it's also tends to be whatever you're, you would consider a mistake
1: or an issue, no one will ever mention it. And it's always something else that might be something that they'd want to change. And I don't think I've ever worried about something and actually had anyone complain.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is why we do beta testing. Yeah, well,
1: I, I've noticed that you that you use that quite a lot. Is that something that you find quite useful, especially with your phaser? I saw... Snippets popping up around the place. Um, so
2: that came from Park Gar- uh, my collaboration with Ian Pritchard of Collector Emitter, Park Garden. It, that, that was literally just me and him trading a pedal back and forth for about a year. And then it came out and we ran immediately into all sorts of interference and noise issues that neither of us ran into. And so from that point on, it's like, okay, I need to start sending these out with people with different rigs can try things. That way I don't run into as many issues. So, yeah, because Park Garden, I just revised it again. So now it's at 2.10, which should be its final revision. (laughs) Knocking on my wood table. You've jinxed that. Uh yeah, well it, I went a whole year without revising it, and the only reason it needed to get revised is I switched my production style from using sixteen millimeter pots to nine millimeter pots, which for the audience, the advantage of the smaller pots are that they just snap into the board versus sixteen millimeter pots which have a little bit of float above the board. So you can't you have to typically do them either on on a table, uh or Drill have like a spare enclosure to solder them in, or versus nine millimeter, you could do on a PCB production jig. Um, and that was the reason Park Garden got its most recent revision because it's the last in the line that uh was still using 16 millimeter. I was just gonna
1: say, you've so you've stuck to 16 because I, I do, I use 16 millimeter for a few things, but normally just so I can fit a jack above it. But I do love a nine mil pot, I, I guess that's kind of a, a nerdy thing to to point out but
2: um yeah they're nicer they're nicer for production mm-hmm. and uh yeah the way I got around that which now now we're getting into real nerd stuff we're we're deep into the podcast which means we could talk about the nerd stuff the way I got around it is i actually have an entire separate board for the jacks oh nice it's it, it's a pcb board yeah it's a pcb board that floats above the main circuit board and connects with a ribbon cable That's well thought out. Mike, um, who
1: I work with a fair bit from uh, Life is Unfair, and he used to do the Debbie Ever-Cumris stuff as well. He's always sort of, uh, when we work together, he's a lot more uh, advanced than I am in in thought processes, I guess. He's been doing it for longer as well. But uh, he's a big fan of having a board for uh, every part of the pedal. Uh, And production-wise, it does just make everything uh, building in batches uh, just gets so much easier when you've got everything that can be sort of compartmentalized and you can do all the jacks in one go and all the foot switches uh, definitely helps with that side.
2: It also makes it easier for repair. Yeah. So foot switch goes, you just rip out the foot switch, put in a new one. With the soft touch switch, soft touch switches, there, you go, there you got we got go, um, Part I, I switched over to pre-wired harnesses so it's literally it the foot switch just snaps in. So if a customer breaks theirs out of the field, I, it doesn't even need to come back to me. I could just mail them a new foot switch and they could do it themselves. That's the dream.
0: That's that's pretty clutch. Mm.
2: Yeah, uh our, the aforementioned John Snyder of Electronic Audio Experiments, who I uh stole the jackboard idea from, he actually went one step further. Um, because I'm just using a cheap ribbon cable to uh connect the two boards he's actually using a uh custom made snap-in connector so if you manage to break a jack in the field you don't even need to mail it back you could just pop that out oh wow yeah it's it adds expense but it's faster for production and uh yeah repairs you 90% of repairs you don't have to deal with like the most common broken stuff doesn't have to come oh, back. Well, that
0: to you. saves on bench time and postage and waiting around and peace of mind.
2: Another thing that snap-in allows you to do, which I didn't know they were doing this till um, I, I recently got to fly out to Boston to build a new batch of Eldritch Blast at uh, John's place, is they have a setup where using that snap-in connector, they hook up the uh, the circuit board, which they get pre-populated. They do no soldering mm. there. Um, they just hook up the board to an audio analyzer. the The program says turn all the knobs one way, turn them all, hit a button, runs a signal through it, says good, turn it another way, runs a signal back through it. Pedal's all good before you even put it in a bus. That's wild. Yeah, that's it's next level mm. stuff. Uh, which I'm certainly not there, but it's it's wild once. The, the level of quality control you can get to i
1: think we should we should point out as well uh, uh, to, to anyone listening um i definitely i don't know if i see it as often anymore but there was definitely a time when people would look down upon surface mount components or anything really that made putting pedals together uh an easier task but i mean in your experience have you found um that that anything in that realm was sort of inferior to the through hole stuff that you're doing beforehand, or do you feel like it's been a pretty smooth transition to go over into surface mount um, production?
2: Uh, Where are we now? Three years into surface mount production. Now that I've worked out mm-hmm. all the kinks, um, it, it's a lot smoother. Originally, I was using uh, crappier ceramic capacitors. So, like, X7Rs and X5Rs, which under, uh, you have to really over-spec those for them to be the right capacitance at 9 volts. Um, But additionally, they can be microphonic at room temperature, which, uh, as a thing you stomp on, can be an issue. I have a video of the first surface-mount black math... Where literally like every touch of the pedal you could hear through it, oh, it wow. was a nightmare. Oh, you
1: just market that as a noise box, yes. I think. I think that's the the go-to.
2: <laughs> no, I I I I hated that. So I've I have Black Math has a lot of expensive capacitors in it, but other than that, generally, um, other than a couple like very specialty cases like uh there, there are a couple transistors where it's like, yeah, the wafer won't actually fit in a surface mount component, so you can only get it in through hole. Or like the specific curve of the through hole diode is nicer than that of the, uh, the through hole equivalent, similar to what I was talking about with uh, yes and no earlier. But other than that, it, yeah, it's just nicer. It's faster on us. That way, you know, I don't have to charge a million dollars for my time
1: yeah I and obviously that means that you can you can work your your job as well and and still still make things for people
2: yeah uh, yeah it allows, allows me to continue making things at an okay rate rather than you know if I had to do neck brace fully through hole, it would probably be so much it would be so much longer per pedal, and the pedal would probably be easily double the cost. Mm. Because I can imagine there's, how many, like 60? I I have one in front of me. I have probably 50, 60 components on it.
1: It's definitely a game changer. I remember the first surface mount board that I had through here, and it uh, it kind of blew my mind how quickly I could put a pedal together compared to how long it was taken in the past.
2: Yeah, and then you notice all the other little things of, yeah, this is why I changed to... Nine millimeter pots that just snap in because it's like, okay, once I know the board is not the thing that takes up the most time, what is what is actually taking up the most time yeah so the the, the first thing was, well, very early on, I switched over to uh, uh relay based switching because that's it a relay is always going to outlast a mechanical switch. Those are rated for thousands of switches an hour versus a mechanical switch which might be rated for like. 50,000 cycles lifetime. (laughs) It's quite a difference. But yeah, it's just like, that makes it faster having the jacks wired on its own separate board where I can knock out whatever, 50 jacks in an afternoon. I just pop them in the pedals as I go. That saves time. And it just allows you to be a working adult and still make the things you like.
1: The dream, really, isn't it? It's uh...
0: Yeah, I guess once you start streamlining... It's sort of, you just keep going until everything's
2: <laughs> as quick as it can be, I, I guess. Yeah, I feel there, there are certain things, it's just like, I could streamline this more, but it's like, there, there's no, I'm not operating at that scale where the cost would make up for the time. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, I could be using... <clears throat> Oh, I'm losing my voice. Uh, I've been talking too much on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, no. Ooh, what a surprise. Oh, no, (laughs) talking on a podcast? Um, um, snap-in connectors that John uses. But that would add, whatever, two bucks to my bill of materials cost, and I don't think I would get that back. No, no, no. no.
1: But, yeah, well, I mean, I I, I find it, like, uh, your stuff in particular, there is, um, it's still got that vibe of, um, like it feels very much like it's you making stuff, you know you can see your personality coming through in everything that you build um I don't know having those sort of finishing i don't know if you'd call them a finishing touch, but those last bits that are still made by hand and assembled by hand uh i don't I don't know whether that's a, 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 a something that physically changes uh a pedal that I wouldn't think it would do but uh, there is some some sort of psychological element to it that I think uh, people who buy pedals and are interested in that uh, there is something about it that still draws people to it uh, not sure why
2: yeah and plus it's it's we we've really moved into the era of the, the personality builder which I, I I don't know I feel I do very well at I I present very I talk very well, um, which I, I I make up for by being a absolute god awful guitar <laughs> player. But you you want me to come on a podcast and talk for whatever two hours? Yeah, I'm I'm there. I can I can I can talk, baby.
1: Right. So this this next but, segment yeah. is called Alec does a, a big solo for us. Is he he's, he's he's getting guitar?
2: Yeah, he's getting <laughs> guitar, isn't he? Yeah. I. I I I apologize to both of you okay. who are probably wearing nice headphones. Oh yeah. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> no no, I'm still sick. I'm sitting here at my desk. <laughs> I'm not ripping up. See, this is why this is episode one, so you get to work out the kinks. In the future, you have all the yeah you have the uh the videos going. Oh yeah. The I've videos. By,
0: well I've yeah, got a
2: yeah. webcam. <laughs> What you mean? You're not just recording on your laptop? Come on! Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're probably recording in your nice studio space, you nerd. <laughs> yeah, who's the real nerd in this room? <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess before we finish up, I should talk about... I, I, I need the promotion. Yes, yet. tell
0: us about your new stuff.
2: Tell us about so, what we need uh, to
0: know.
2: It's about what you need to know. So, in terms of new stuff coming down the pipe on July 7th, um germanium park garden which is a low gain version of uh my park garden pedal will be getting a full release so we did a kind of pilot batch last year because i didn't think i'd get any more germanium transistors because of the war and then uh phil from Catbox box custom
0: shout,
2: shout out to <laughs> phil the friend man the um friend of the pod baby Was like, yeah, I got like a couple boxes in my basement. You want them? I'm like, yeah, I'll take them. (laughs) So he uh, rescued that pedal from just being a one-off run thing. So I can now make it in production. Well, that's great. I have
0: one of those and it's a great pedal. Everyone should buy it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have to text you both the picture of the... I had Taylor Adams, who did the original artwork for Park Garden, go back in and colorize it. Because when we originally started doing Park Garden, we were actually screen printing it. So we had to limit the number of colors. Um, And now I go through a process called UV printing, which is like basically think of a normal printer, but the size of a table. And it actually uses UV light um, to dry the ink. So it's super hard. Um, But now the Park Garden artwork is full color. And it is quite possibly the best looking pedal I've ever made. Um, it's, uh, I'm I'm excited for yeah, it. You've
1: got to send us a picture of and that.
2: Then, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get that after uh, mm-hmm. we wrap up recording here. And then uh, coming down the pipe, by the time this pod comes out, um, I will be releasing. So with my fuzz lab series, I will be releasing a. Kind of collaborative pedal with Mountain King Electronics. Um, way back in the day, Alan at Mountain King licensed a circuit to Devi Ever called the Base Fuzz, which turned into a pedal called the Super Massive Black Hole. Um, and I managed to get both those. And I asked Alan, Hey, could I do a limited run of these? And he was like, Sure. So I'm giving him a, a cut of each pedal. But it, it's really exciting to bring this really obscure piece of Devi-Ever history uh, back to the forefront, and that should be coming out in June. I can't think of a better person to bring bring that back. I cannot overstate this is pretty much the most excited I've ever been for a fuzz lab. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Sounds rad.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I'll, I'll send you guys a a clip, but yeah, that's what's coming down the uh the pike in terms of mask audio electronics it's gonna be a quiet back half of the year we're gonna be doing uh my collaboration with uh Pine Box customs ham we're gonna be doing a uh, another small run of cb radio interfaces Hell yeah that it's a it's a quiet back half of the year i gotta it's a, cranking out almost a new pedal a month <laughs> for most of this year has a uh, Taking up a lot of time and i gotta focus on trying to create new big pedals rather than trying to create a small pedal every month so quite quiet back half but that's what's come down the pipe you have
0: had a busy front half of this year with neck brace and then everything that's coming yeah well hell yeah well thanks so much for being our first guest on this podcast <laughs>
2: i i'm i'm glad i got to derail it completely from the beginning by by the time i come back on again y'all will have like a such a professional intro you will be seasoned podcasters i'm still just going to be trying to derail (laughs) it. so yeah I'm, i'm glad i got to get in on the dirt floor in this case hell yeah no thanks alec yeah thank you for making time for me